Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode of Horror Movie Talk brought to you by Twinder, the dating app for twins. Are you a pair of identical siblings that want a matching set of dates? Are you just single looking for a threesome where it's only not awkward for you? Download Twinder and start making connections with twins in your area. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a cool guy who is always cool. New theatrical releases get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Bryce Hansen. Wow, I'm David Day. And let me tell you guys, I am so excited for today's episode. Oh my god, we got some good stuff coming over you guys. Ah! Ah! It's going to be great. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great episode today. Lots of stuff to cover. It's going to be awesome. Today we are going to be talking about Happy Death Day to You, the latest sequel of Happy Death Day. Uh, It's out in theaters right now. It's uh, a movie that expands the lore on the original movie and gets a fresh new take to Tree's Day that will never end. We'll start out talking about a brief you know synopsis of the movie and a review and then we give the movie a score we score on a scale of one to ten one being a miserable dredge where you're angry at how bad it is five being perfectly average exactly what you'd expect and a ten being just over the moon uh, it's like an important movie yeah pretty fantastic is pretty, 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 pretty fantastic yeah later we'll be playing another round of Kill Count, where we list a couple movies, and David has to guess which movie has the higher death count on it. And this round will be sci-fi versus horror. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, And then we'll do some horror movie news. Lots of stuff has happened between last week and this week in terms of new horror movies coming out. And horror TV a little bit. But first, let's plug ourselves. Uh, I feel plugged. Um, <laughs> but I'm, looking over, I'm looking over at Bryce, and he looks so uncomfortable. He's like in physical pain. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. There's a part of it that brings me real joy. Like other people just being unhappy, it, it's fucked up. I mean, that's why we review horror movies, right? Yeah, it's really fucked up. 
but something uh, about it gets me gets me going. Before we get into it, just want to plug our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com, and you can also find us on social media at HorrorMovieTalk on Twitter and slash HorrorMovieTalkPodcast on Facebook. We post new episodes every Wednesday, so please subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on iTunes if you can, or whatever podcast platform you use, but we really want to get those... uh, we want to get those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers on yeah. iTunes. Yeah, pump those numbers up. Uh, you can support the podcast if you want by buying or renting pretty much anything on Amazon if you click through the green button in the header of our website. That website, again, is horrormovietalk.com. Not spelled weird, just all one word, dot com. Super easy. There's really no excuse not to. Yeah. And hey, if you want to be really generous, just bookmark that link when you click through. Yeah, turn that in. Use your... that use that for your Amazon portal. Yeah, turn yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought you said Amazon porno. I was like, who buys porn on Amazon? It's free. Everywhere. Probably lots of people. I don't know. What? It's <laughs> so silly. Not me. For sure, not me. Uh and then Shudder. Shudder.com is a streaming platform for horror movies, kind of like the Netflix of horror. And if you want to get a 30-day free trial of Shudder when you sign up, use the code HMT at checkout. HMT for Horror Movie Talk. And that's our gift to you. Otherwise, you'd get just a seven-day free trial. But don't do that. You'd be a schmuck. That'd be stupid. Use our, use our, use our code. Thanks again for listening. Uh, now, let's get into this show. So, first of all, we don't usually do, like, the whole... I know a lot of people complain about podcasts like ours that they spend a lot of time talking about their week and their personal life. Well, they don't complain about ours because we don't do that quite so much. We would never do that, except maybe today, because David really wanted to talk about my constipation. It's the funniest thing there is. (laughs) I mean, apart from maybe diarrhea... You got you have the funniest issue. I'll tell you what. Hot poop talk. It doesn't feel poop talk, yeah. Does not feel humorous. It feels really dire. Yeah, dire. I just want it to end. Tell me about it. Tell me what it's what it feels oh, like in your tum tum. So you know how you're not aware of your intestines? Oh. All the time I'm not aware of them. Just not you know on a on like a uh, logical level. logical level, yeah, that they exist, right? And you've seen diagrams of them. I feel like I have an intimate knowledge of my intestines right now. Wow! Because I have a slow moving mass. <laughs> he okay. So to, to to kick this story off, bright, I come in here, and and he's like, he's just like, uh, and then he's like. You remember last week when we recorded last? I've been constipated since before then. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Jesus. Fuck. That's over seven days. Yeah, it's miserable. So. And I've taken some uh, milk of magnesia, and like the most I get is like a couple couple really shardy little cupfuls of shit this is this is really it's just the worst see so this is really what this is is this speaks to the stubbornness of of a man (laughs) 
and unwillingness to to get help or ask for directions and to compound to to add to that Bryce is not someone to share typically anyway and he's like Norwegianish so yeah. there's just a lot of stuff working against him here and uh and it he, feels like such a stupid thing to go to the doctor for I can't poop <laughs> Can you, can you can you make me poop, please? Yeah, is it time for digital extraction? Oh God! Yeah, are, you, are we gonna have to go? Uh, are you, Bobby Brown on you? Are you volunteering? Am I gonna have to go all Bobby Brown on you? Uh, Bobby hey, Brown isn't he the guy who was who was married to Whitney Houston? Yeah, yeah. Well, he uh, on a famous episode of whatever uh, show they had, he uh, he she was constipated, and he. Um, Reached in there and just helped her out, you know. Man, that is a love for the ages. That's that's what everybody says. It's like, damn, man. Um, hey there, people. I'm Bobby Brown. Yeah. So so Bryce can't can't make a doo doo. So his uh, anything you hear today, just put pass that through the filter of this is a sick man. If you if you hear grunting or just just like. Uh, and it's and it doesn't help that we record every episode naked. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it could come at any time. Mm -mm. So. <laughs> this episode, I'm just squatting <laughs> over a bucket. Yeah. And to add to the awkwardness of it, I I I went to get coffee to bring coffee here for Bryce and, and myself before the show, and you know how you go to a coffee place now, and they're like. Hey, how's your day? What are you doing? Hey, you doing anything fun? I was just like, I need, I need coffee. Why are you talking to me? I hate it when they do that. Number one, don't fucking. Why are you smiling at me? Just get me coffee. Just hand it to me. Don't talk me up. Anyway, so she's like, you doing anything fun? I was like, no, <laughs> you know, no. She's like, where are you going after this? I was like, I didn't want to say a, doing a podcast. So I was like home to my newborn baby and my wife and she's like oh is this cup for your wife i was like yeah and then uh she writes on top of bryce's cup number one mom so <laughs> bryce actually stole a cup of coffee from my sick pregnant or my sick newly non-pregnant wife <laughs> non-pregnant newly non-pregnant newly non-pregnant yeah um okay let's get in to the episode. Yeah, that's enough of us. Yeah. Okay, please. Go go on the post for this episode and comment if you like hot poop talk. Look, five minutes of personal talk every once in a while, not a big deal. There's personal talk, and then there's... I, we've poop. run the numbers. We know our audience. They like poop. <laughs> okay. So we went and saw Happy Death Day to You, and while it maintained the fun of the first movie, it was probably a little overambitious. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Here is the trailer for Happy Death Day to You. Dude. Oh, I am tripping right now. I feel like I've totally lived through this day already. Deja vu? Yes. A day reset when you died, right? Yeah. I might be able to help with that. I died 11 times. I was stuck reliving the same day over and over again until someone wearing a baby mask murdered me on the night of my birthday. Turns out it was my roommate, Lori. I kicked her crazy ass out a window and killed her, which broke the loop. But now I'm living the better version of my life. You okay? No. 
Oh, hey, here I folded your pants for you. No way. Who no, did you hit that or what? I don't believe this. It's Monday the 18th again. Go. Stop global warming. Go. 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 I thought it ended the loop, but I'm back. Oh my god. Everything's different this time. It's coming after all of us. If you don't reset the day and try again, they're dead for good, aren't they? So I'm gonna have to die over and over again to save all of you. I mean, I guess you could just reset the day yourself. Genius idea. Okay, let's do this. If I don't stop the killer, more people will die. Failure's not an option. I'm literally dying to figure this out. Okay, you're up. I'm so done with this. I want borrowed time here. Alright, let's see what you got. In crisis mode tree. Who's gonna pledge Kappa now that we have a death curse? I have, I have th- two or three comment immediate comments on that trailer. Do you mind if I? Yeah, go ahead. Number one, are we really at a place in time where it's acceptable to name a main character Tree? Yeah. Okay. Number two, there is not that that trailer misrepresents this movie in such a, an incredible way by playing that song. Which is a fucking great song. I don't care who you are. You hear that 50 Cent song, 50 Cent song, and you're like, you're bumping your head a little bit. Mm -hmm. You're like, "Mm mm-hmm, all right. And I don't recall one little bit of that song in the movie. it was not in the movie. At all. And so, very upset about that. And number three takeaway is, my goodness, is she a beautiful girl, woman, creature. Yeah. She is very pretty. <laughs> yeah, Jessica Roth is the standout part of these movies. Oh, boy, man. And she's a good actress, too. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that. They don't they don't uh, <clears throat> use that song in the movie at all. <laughs> Not even in, like, fun parts or anything. No, and, I believe it. You would know. You watched the first one. Did they use it as her alarm clock in the first one? Nope. It's the same alarm clock. It was, it was the exact... God Same like morning. Yeah the the song really works for 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 me and for the trailer and I I realize that it's expensive to license these sorts of things and maybe it costs less to just put it in the trailer than in the movie but yeah the yeah the trailer also kind of misrepresents what the plot is and you can either take it in one of two ways is like false advertising or it's like does not give away any of the secrets of the movie yeah it's but, it's convenient that. It's convenient that it can very conveniently hide behind that. Yeah. I I think I probably would have liked the movie that they showed in the trailer a little better. <laughs> yeah, same here. So what, what? can you recall what the movie was that they showed in the trailer? Well, the, one of the things was basically like, um, the killer isn't just coming after me. He's coming after all of us. Right. And I have to relive this day to make sure that none of us die. Right. As opposed to just me. So that's how... It seemed like it was expanding the concept of 
there's some wrinkle in this. Something's going on. It's got the it's got a duplicate Asian kid in it. Okay, we've got like different time streams or something. Sorry about that notification. But really, it really doesn't do that in the movie. The movie. No, the movie isn't that at all. Yeah. And we'll get into that more in the in the spoilers, but first a uh, little synopsis. Oh, first of all, Happy Death Day to You can be found in theaters right now. Um, it came out on February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. Times. Valentine's. Happy Valentine's! <laughs> <laughs> the film starts out following Ryan Fan, played by Fai Vu, on the morning after the events in the first film. Ryan was only a bit part in the original Happy Death Day, but plays a much more important role in the plot this time around. In a welcome bait-and-switch, though, after rerunning Ryan's Day a couple times, the plot switches focus back to the original protagonist of Happy Death Day, Tree Gelbman, played by the talented and beautiful Jessica Roth. Talented. If you're you're not familiar with the premise of the original, it is simply a horror version of Groundhog Day. I mean, that's pretty much as simple as you you can go. It's a slasher, except she relives... uh, her the day of her murder over and over again until she solves the mystery of who her, her killer is. This sequel throws in a wrinkle this time because despite being the same day, Tree is now in a different dimension, so not everything is the same. She's got to refigure out some stuff. Happy Death Day to You maintains the fun and playful atmosphere of the original, but basically switches genres. It's much less of a horror movie and more of a sci-fi comedy, a la Back to the Future. In trying to keep the premise fresh, they end up overextending, and there are multiple loose ends and skimmed-over plot points that make this movie much less cohesive and tight as the first movie. Happy Death Day to You is more enjoyable than the average movie, nonetheless, and that is thanks to the performance of Jessica Roth. And pretty good writing. Yeah. You know, in, in, in good writing, good direction. I mean, decent decent writing, decent direction, I should yeah. say. Uh, the, the, the atmosphere of the movie does a lot for it. It's fun. It's light. It's not, um, but it is, it is, I, I'm, I still haven't seen the first one. And you mentioned that the first one was much more of a horror movie. Like it was, it had scares in it. It had tension in it. This kind of an action movie almost. I mean, what, what, how would you compare the two? I mean, a huge element of the first movie was this killer and she keeps, keeps trying to like outsmart him. But she would always get killed nonetheless. And so there were several scenes of, you know, just your generic slasher scenes of being chased or, you know, the dramatic irony of seeing the killer and she can't see him. And and uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot more tension there, but pretty quickly once she figures out what's going on, it it is pretty lighthearted and, and fun. Like like this movie is yeah and uh, but it's also the the big part of it was the element of the mystery and and trying to figure unravel what was going on over and over again and getting frustrated with that. Um, what would what score? Just kind of off the cuff, unofficial. What score would you give the first one? First one, I'd give like an eight. Wow, give yeah, I mean eight. the the first one 
the things that were so much better about it is that the concept was like just an entirely contained unit. It was really, really well executed. It was tight. The pacing was perfect. Um, it never like lost my attention and never made me think like, all right, where are we going with this? Like, can we, can we make more movement or, or anything like there's, it it stayed very fresh throughout and her performance was, I mean, there's a lot more, um, fun stuff and character development with tree because she started out as just a very stereotypical mean girl, just a real bitch and ended like realizing like, Oh, this is really hard because everyone wants to kill me because oh, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm a huge bitch. And so she begins like being nice. understanding herself and being nicer and, and like helping going full others. groundhog's day with yeah, it. going full groundhog's day and then, <clears throat> you know, ends up solving the case. And then, and this trailer for, for the sequel pretty much gives away the, the ending. So, so it should be noted that I think you can, I think you actually, if you want to like, if you want to watch the first one, which Bryce just gave it, gave an eight, I believe he watched it fresh last week. I think you can get it for a buck on YouTube right now. Yeah. It was a buck when I, when I rented it so, on YouTube or Google play. I don't know if it's that now, but I, I wouldn't expect it would be that much more. Yeah. So, I'm sure they're getting, they want to get people to watch it. So they'll go see the sequel. So with that being said, now what what would you give the second one? <clears throat> Happy Death Day to um, you. I'm giving it a what did I write down? A six out of ten. Uh, you know I've been I've been playing with this score for this for a while, ever since we watched it on Wednesday, and I gotta agree with you. It just keeps coming back to a six for me. Now that being said, it's a really fun six. It's just. It's just hard to take it very seriously, and it doesn't really go anywhere that's that interesting. Yeah, The Prodigy last week I gave a five, and I'd say, like, it's a low five. It's, like, the floor of five, and this is more on the higher end of a six. Yep, I I almost went low seven, but it's really not a seven. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very much like... um, you know, it's one of those movies that feels like factory work, but the people in the factory really love their job. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> dead on. <laughs> yeah. As like, opposed to Prodigy, which is just literally just factory work. Right. There's, sir, can I have some more, please, factory, and this is not that. Yeah. And then there's, you know, the Elves at the North Pole factory work, and this is that. Right. Oh, this is Elves at the North Pole right. factory work. And I mean, a certain element of that is just... It is a sequel. And yeah. the first one could stand alone very easily. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's no real reason to do a sequel to the first one. Yeah. Um, but. Yes, there is, because. Well, yeah. <laughs> Jessica Roth is pretty. So, let's get into. Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, so, first thing to talk about, and we've already touched on it a little bit. A little is bit. Jessica Roth is real fun to watch. She is, she is delightful. Not only is she just very, I mean, throughout the movie watching experience in the theater, David was just wincing with how beautiful she was. Just like, 
it's amazing. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like everybody knows the, those people who when they walk into the room, it just gets lighter. And yeah. she can do that on screen. Like, it doesn't even take her actual presence to, like, make everybody go, oh, well, this is nicer now. This room feels mm-hmm. breezy. <laughs> like, yeah. She's just beautiful and fun and vivacious, and I would like to see her in more movies. Yeah. I'll, I will say one <laughs> one thing, and this is, like, borderline... Um, you know, chauvinist territory, but the one difference between the last movie and this one is that she smiled a lot more in the last movie. There's a lot more smiling in it, so I was like, I just through the, through the sequel, I was like, "Hun, you need to smile more." Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Because like it really does brighten it. And it's like, holy cow! I just want to, sweetie. Could you just give when you hand me this coffee? Could it be with a smile, please? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Could you ask me how my day was and what I'm going to do? Thanks. <laughs> so, um, but also she's just a really great actress. And yeah. Really great comedic timing and uh, not above, you know, making herself look ridiculous for the, to service the, the humor. Yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised I haven't seen her in more stuff. Yeah. It, I mean, she's still young. I mean. Was this an A24 film? No, this is a Blumhouse. Oh. Are, are you sure? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I know uh, Jason Blumhouse, he was on Twitter and he he was posting how the uh, Rotten Tomato score like went up a couple, it was like 61 and then went up to like 60, like five or eight or something like that. And he's like, it's moving up. It's like, it's, it's fresh, but you know. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's on the lower side, but I'll take it. It's a sequel. It's harder to do with sequels, which is like... Yeah, oh, he's referencing... Uh, he's talking about this movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Roth... Is oh my god, my bowels. <laughs> what if what if Jessica Roth was Googling herself, found our found our review, and then listens and she's like, I wonder what they have to say about me. Jessica Roth, <laughs> my bowels. <laughs> Jessica Roth, if you are listening. Hit me up at uh, Bryce at HorrorMovieTalk.com. We'd love to have you as a guest. 
We would. You're, in you're per, we would fly. I would personally fly you out. Well, you've heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Uh, if you know Jessica Roth, <laughs> tweet at her. Um, eighty-seven. She was born in eighty-seven, so she's like thirty. Yeah, she's like thirty-two. I, I would have thought she would have been in her twenties. Yeah, she looks like she's about twenty. Yeah, so she was in La La Land too. She was Allison. Oh, I made it a point oh, not sorry, to see Alexia that. Sorry, Alexia in La La Land. I made it a point not to see La La Land. Everybody's like, do you like musicals? It's like, no. Do you just not like experiencing the delight of dance and song? No, but I, I mean, guess not. I really fucking hate it, actually. It's it's a, it's a, it, it bothers me to my core to watch musicals. It's it feels like restless leg syndrome in my head. I remember when I, <laughs> you guys all know David is a huge Simpsons fan, and one of the the episodes of The Simpsons is the musical episode and how they intro it. All the all the clips of the musical segments in The Simpsons. It's a clip show. Is they are watching Paint Your Wagon. <laughs> And David was like, Haha, wasn't that a funny bit that they did paint your wagon? What was, a silly idea. Yeah. Naming a musical paint your wagon and starring Clint Eastwood and and like uh, what's his name? Lee Marvin. Yeah. And I was like, Lee Marvin in a musical. <laughs> what a great bit. I was like, David, you realize that that was an actual musical. Blue my mind. <laughs> David did not know, and maybe you don't know, that there was an actual musical that was put out in the 60s, a movie musical called Paint Your Wagon, and it was starring Clint Eastwood and Lee Marvin. If you don't know who Lee Mar- Marvin is, you do. And when you see him, he's like the old, grizzled Western guy. Um, the guy who would spit on a little kid. Like yeah, he was in he real was, life. He was a uh, Liberty Valance and who shot Liberty Valance. He right. was like the bad dude, and both of them are singing their hearts out. It is hot shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so goofy. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe. Like it, the weirdest part of the whole thing is the Simpsons. To, like, like they, like they didn't. Re- they didn't even have to make a. They just. They I mean, the song that they used in The Simpsons of Paint Your Wagon doesn't exist in Paint Your Wagon, but it's not that far off. <laughs> it's very similar. Oh, gotta man. paint your wagon, gotta paint it good. Gonna use oil-based paint, because no, gonna paint your wagon, gonna paint it fine. Gonna use oil-based paint because the wood is pine. <laughs> Ponderosa pine, ooh. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so you didn't, if you want to see more of Jessica Roth, you can go check out La La Land. I mean, you got to weigh your hatred of musicals against your love of Jessica Roth, I guess. But yeah, she should be in more stuff, especially comedies. Holy cow. Yeah, she has really good timing. She's She's just a good actress. Can you imagine if uh, Knocked Up was starring Jessica Roth instead of... What's her name? Kath- Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Yeah, that would have been awesome. That would have been great. Yeah, Catherine- Of course, she would have been like 20, like 19 at the time, so that would probably be a little weird. <laughs> things things work themselves out quite nicely with Catherine Heigl, though. Like, she doesn't work anymore. <laughs> and I even like Catherine Heigl. I was just like, oh, man, why do you keep shooting yourself in the foot? Yeah. She, she made a lot of poor decisions. Yeah. I mean, I was a big fan of Grey's Anatomy. I don't know if you know that about me. I didn't know that about you. 
It's a good show. I'll admit it. That's one of the shows that I'd watch with my mom. Like, yeah. uh, I, there, there's a couple shows that like I had a mutual like thing with my mom about. And so if I was over there, we'd, we'd watch it if it was on. Yeah. There was Crazy Anatomy. There was Allie McBeal and uh, Quantum Leap, which I still maintain. All of those are great shows. Allie McBeal, her face just messes messes with my mind. Yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> it's like it's a little weird. That show, I think that show had. I think even publicly, there it was known that there was issues with eating disorders on that show. Oh yeah, like, yeah. No, that was a big. That was like a. That was a, like a TV guide hot take every week. Like they would just be like, "What's next for her food problems?" Yeah, there was because it was. Uh, Do you think she was just really constipated? Oh man, probably. I don't want to eat anymore. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just back. It's like a... You look uncomfortable in your skin. It's like, I imagine inside my intestines right now, there's like a Go little, on. there's a little chef making flapjacks and just like stacking them up. And then I'm just out here saying like, no more. No just, more flapjacks. I don't, I mean, I can't eat, all, I can't, I can't take all those flapjacks. This is like when... Just Hom- let's get rid of some of those. Just stop cooking the flapjacks. This is like when Homer goes to hell and they try to torture him with, by force feeding him donuts. Mm-hmm. He's like, more. Hop, hop, hop. <laughs> but you say, you don't say more. You say stop. I say stop. Stop the madness. Okay. <laughs> So Jessica Roth is great. Uh, the pacing at the beginning of the movie was quick, and it set up the plot well. The pacing of this movie at the beginning was very close to what the first movie was. I was going to say, like, the the first quarter to a third of this movie was a solid seven. Like, it was right. it was fun and fast and funny. And then and then it just got bogged down and took too long and then became a weird thing. And then it, at the last two thirds were kind of a kind of kind of brought it down. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of suffers to a, a small effect, like the lost syndrome of let's create a lot of mystery in the beginning and lots of things that like need explaining later. And then once we get to the point where we need to explain them, <sighs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's just here's you know. here's this thing. We we just explain. Hey, hey, it wraps it up. We're gonna play a Don't trump. Worry, we're gonna play a wild card, <laughs> and everything will be done. Uh, yeah, I mean the middle part of the movie, and even towards the end, it kind of kind of dragged. Yeah, a little bit, mm-hmm. not too much. It wasn't like checking my watch too much, but I was really asking myself questions like. When are they going to connect back to the beginning? Like, what are there are several questions, and we'll we'll go over some of the loose ends that were in this movie. But there are several questions that I had throughout the movie that never got answered, and I was constantly thinking, like, when are they going to get to the stuff that ties it back to the to the issues related to the beginning? And uh, <laughs> they don't. There's a there's a brutal death metal song that I really love by a band called Dying Fetus called. Wrong one to fuck with. And Bryce is the wrong one to fuck with if you're going to <laughs> if you're gonna mess around with continuity in your movie or you're not gonna answer some questions. There are plenty of people who that'll fly just fine with and they'll like they'll be like, Yeah, but I had a good time at Transformers too. <laughs> and and Bryce will be like, No, 
And just, well, yeah, we came out of we came out of Happy Death Day to you, and and David was like, like that was great, just like really great. And I was like, I didn't say it was really great. Like you were you were on a high just from seeing Jessica, and uh, and I was like, yeah, I had a couple questions. And he's like, really? I mean, there's some continuity stuff, I'm sure, because they're dealing with time travel. And then I lay out my list of like two or three questions that are just very very loose ends yeah yeah it's not that i didn't look it's okay great is such a is such a broad spectrum thing to say right it was a fun what i meant was was, it was a fun time yeah and and it 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 didn't make me angry because we just got done seeing the prodigy and i i wanted to hate the prodigy more like i i was so angry at it because it because it feels like a waste of your time to see a movie that's just not entertaining at all and at least this movie was entertaining yeah but yeah that being said it's not the best yeah so um <clears throat> so uh before we we talk about some of the some of the uh, unanswered questions what genre would you define this movie cuz it was definitely not horror yeah yeah, I'm. Uh, who? Time travel? Like, like you I, know I that put, I put down sci-fi comedy. I'd or, say yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it's definitely a comedy, and uh, but you know that, that you know there is a, a a slight subgenre surrounding time travel where it's just like where every movie involving time travel that's not. That's not really up to par. Not really good at at dealing with the technicalities of time travel. They tend to fall into this little trap of like just a bunch of little storylines that don't go anywhere exactly. Right. It's kind of actiony in some points. It's kind of dark and sad at some points. It's kind of fun and fast in other points. And uh, but yeah, kind of. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it follows the formula of the first one very closely until at a certain point. They decide as a group that that Tree should just start killing herself to make this go quicker. You know, instead of waiting for the killer to kill her, she should just commit suicide so that they can keep making progress on their research. Yeah, and at one point they were like, okay, just go ahead and take off your clothes and, and kill yourself that way. <laughs> In the first movie, there was a scene where she's like re-experiencing the day and she just decides to go out and walk the... the uh, the commons just naked, naked or in her underwear. Because in this no, it was movie, naked. Because in this movie, it was in her underwear. Yeah, the, this one, one of the best deaths is she jumped out of a plane in a bikini, and then it cuts to um, her love interest and one of her dorm mates making out, and she falls in front of the camera, flipping it off, giving the double. <laughs> Double fuck you to the camera. Yeah, that's right. Which is pretty great. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, and the, it communicates that Tree is just like at a certain point, she's just having fun. Yeah. You know, with dying over and over again. Uh, but yeah, that's where it diverges because once she starts killing herself, the, the, the setup for that is um, Ryan, the um, the guy that we start out with, um, has some kind of science project and has to do with quantum mechanics, quantum physics. They use a lot of science talk um, that doesn't 
you know have any basis in reality and uh it glows and blows up and that's what causes the time loop the and old so, glow and blow and they the plot of the movie is they need to input all these different algorithms to find out the right one and they have to you know find out where all the mistakes are um in these algorithms so since the only connecting tissue with you know the past failed algorithms is tree because she's you know gets reincarnated every day she has to memorize all the progress and tell it to the to the team mm, so mm, to mm. make it go quicker she just kills herself so at that point when she starts killing herself then then the killer element of it or the horror element is just completely cut out almost like, gone entirely yeah it's gone entirely until like the third act when they like speedily wrap it up they're like, oh yeah, who, here's who the killer is. It's not the same one as the first one, but this is the circumstances, and let's move on. And then it it wraps up the sci-fi comedy part of it after that. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, it goes it goes very much the sci-fi comedy route, and there's a lot of like dramatic stuff and rom-com elements throughout because one of the elements is. That somehow Tree gets put into a different dimension, so she's living the same day, but it's not quite the same, and there's a couple things different, um, but mainly um, her new love interest is dating another girl and isn't available to her, and the other thing is that her mom is still alive. Yeah. And the killer isn't the same killer, and uh, I guess really they're not even, the killer isn't even really out to kill her. In the alternate dimension, either. But if she's in another dimension, is like the shouldn't other girl, she be there too? Shouldn't shouldn't she also be there? Don't worry. Shouldn't about there it. be two of her? The alternate dimension, her. Don't don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Um. So that that the the whole difference the that they focus on is that her love interest that she ends up with having from the first movie is not available because he's dating someone else. But her mother is alive, which created a lot of trauma in her life. And so it's like... Her mother being dead created the trauma. Yeah. And the question is, at at a certain point, does she want to close this time loop and stay in this alternate dimension where her mother is alive? Or does she want to go back to her dimension where her mother is dead so she can date this guy? Yeah. Is love going to win out or is love going to win out? So this is one of the questions I had. One of the things that's that's held over from the first movie it doesn't quite make sense. Because she says, <clears throat> she points out that she died 11 times in the first movie. And she didn't even really start noticing this guy who's a whose dorm she woke up in until like well into the experience and then she finds out that of the first movie of the first movie and she eventually finds out that he isn't like a rapey guy that took advantage of her while she was drunk what that he was he was just a nice guy that wanted to make sure she was safe and was a perfect gentleman and so she's like oh you didn't want to rape me well i'm in love and through she uses his she she um enlists his help and keeps telling him the same thing that you know she's stuck in a time loop and he's really helpful and he's a nice guy and so over the course of 11 deaths which 
equates 11 days, she falls in love with this guy. And then when the time loop is wrapped up, um, she's, you know, able to, you know, express her love. And, and he's like, you know, going to mount her <laughs> in, <laughs> in the last Christ. scene. And that's where we open up this film. Okay. Mount her. So here's if you if you pull back and look at the realities of this, this means that she has known this guy for about a week, a little over a week. Same day over and over. Same day over and over. But he has only known her for really one day. Yeah. Isn't that kind of on shaky ground for a relationship? Like, is that something that you would would really be a dilemma of like, I kind of like this new guy or I could have my mom back as a real Sophie's choice here. To me, it's pretty obvious, like. I'd take my mom back, right? Wouldn't you rather have your mom in your life? Okay, but yes, but let's say the person waking up in your bed was Jessica Roth. Let's reverse these tables. Uh huh. Okay. Now, your mom or Jessica Roth? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. hmm. Giving it real thought. I'm sorry, Bryce's mom. I don't mean to I mean, make him choose like this. This is this is not a fair scenario. This is not. I mean, it's not. It's not the boy that would be making the choice. If the boy was making the choice, yeah, it would be a lot harder choice. But this is Jessica. This is Tree making the choice. Yeah, and so she's like Wayne. Like, do I try out? Like, you know, maybe this guy can fuck him a couple times and like develop this into a thing, and like uh, have a real relationship with him. Or I could have my mom around for like my first yeah. kid and my wedding and and uh, mm-hmm. you know teaching me yeah. how to be a good woman and and you know enjoy all the not to fun mention times I mean had. the real chink in this that that <clears throat> that's being glossed over is with her mom back she could still just wait for this guy to break up with whoever <laughs> he's with. <laughs> Yeah, because he's still he's there. Yeah, it's not like he's off the table. He's just off the table right now. Right, and then <laughs> the other thing that they don't. This is another loose end that I didn't write down, but was really a big part. He's dating the uh, the head of the sorority, but she also finds out that she's cheating on him. Right. This is so. She, it's a so hole in one. She's he's dating someone, but she's like. A colossal bitch and a cheater. So how long is that going to last? <laughs> not long. Like not long, I bet. He, and if you could like get him in a day with just your personality and explaining that you're in a Groundhog Day scenario, and he's like all in on you. I mean, let's be honest. I'd be all in too. If if some if some uh, if Jessica Roth woke up on my couch and was like, hey. I'm reliving the entire day over and over again, like Groundhog Day. I would think to myself, this lady is crazy, but I'm on board. Yeah, this is my kind of crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, a couple... uh, You know the thing that... Like, the dilemma that they really focused on doesn't seem like a dilemma, and where she ends up, she decides to go back um, to the original timeline and... You know, kill her mom in this. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. And uh, 
and then the other part that they use is like, oh, because she's she has several years, you know, of memory that's not hers. She'd be living someone else's life, even though like ninety percent of it is the exact same. Right. It's like so you could just say like, oh yeah, I'm a little forgetful. Yeah, who am I? Or just like, oh yeah, I fell over and uh, knocked my head. Like I can't remember stuff so well. Can you tell me again what we did last year? Yeah. You know the part about so <clears throat> Groundhog's Day technically is is a much darker movie than this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, and but but neither of them are as dark as what Groundhog's Day was originally meant to be, which is like woefully. Like dreadfully, very uh, introspective, and looking at the, the human condition. Well, there was there was a disagreement between Bill Murray and uh, the writer. What's his name? Vankman? No, uh, Egon. Dan Aykroyd. No, Egon. What's what's his name? Oh, um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember his name. Egon, though. Yes. Yeah, Egon, the writer. He was in. in um, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters and... Uh, Secret of the Use. Oh, wait, no, yeah. that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So. Anyways, he was he was the writer, and they, they collaborated on all of their like most successful, all of the successful movies Stripes. together up to... Yeah, Stripes up to this movie, and they had a huge disagreement, and Bill Murray wanted it to be much more psychological and like introspective and more like, you know, lost in translation territory. Right. And uh, Egon... You know, the actor that plays Egon wanted it to be, you know... What it is. Yeah, what it is. A little bit funnier. And, uh, yeah, they they had a big uh, separation because of it. They, they didn't collaborate anymore after that. So, where I'm going with this is... You could have gone so dark with this, or at least gone a lot darker with this, mm-hmm. and had it be... <clears throat> It would not be the same film, but it, it's interesting to me to think about. So when you get into this, essentially the montage of killing yourself, that's so fucking dark in real in real life, yeah. where you're where you're you're just intentionally offing yourself over and over again because you know you get to come back. But with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. The, a few of those times, it's not going to work out. It's not going to be a clean death. <laughs> She she chose some deaths that just were, I would not have chosen. Right, electrocuting yourself. That doesn't seem like that's the best way Mm-mm. to go. No, even jumping out of a plane isn't isn't great. There's no, that's pe- the one that I would agree with. There's people who bounce plenty. <laughs> <laughs> 
so like Peggy Hill. Look at Peggy Hill, season three, I think. She <laughs> falls out of a plane, cliffhanger, season three, season four. She's still alive and keeps going for many seasons after that. And uh, And I'm just saying, if they had done something where she was hanging in there, like waiting for someone to find her for three or four days, this movie be a... Maybe it would be a nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'd think you'd just like... I mean, what would I choose? I would choose the if falling it, out of plane thing. I would totally do that. If it turned into 127 day, 127 hours, I would like, I would like that too. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you just, yeah. Anyways, um, okay, let's get into the unanswered questions. I have a little list here. Okay, one of them was is a problem that it, that's held over from the original movie. Um, and the original movie has a concept that she has limited lives because some of the trauma from being killed is held over in her body. Like, she goes, she, like, faints one time when she wakes up, and they, like, go to the doctor, and they're like, hey, you've got a bunch of scar tissue. Like, it seems like you've been stabbed in the gut, like, 11 times. So this is like a fuel gauge going more and more empty. Yeah, you- so it's like, it's adding to the tension because it's, Saying, it's not like Groundhog Day, though, because she is getting weaker and weaker from living this day over and over again. And who knows what's going to happen, you know, if if it clicks down and and then it just the the other days just go on and that's not a problem ever again. Which that concept is, to me, less effective than the, the, uh, the concept in Groundhog's Day. The idea that you're you're infinite and unending and. You only get to experience the same day over and over again is far more horrible than eventually being done with this. That's eventually being done with this means, okay, finally, maybe I can just be done with it. Right. Yeah. So they bring that over from the original movie. And one of the times that she wakes up, she's like in the whole like, oh, yeah, I'm so weak. I got to go to the doctor thing. But I mean, she's been killing herself over and over and over and over again. And it's still not quite a problem it's just when it's convenient they use it to yeah. get her to the hospital yeah for plot reasons for plot um the second problem is this movie starts out very nice and it has a second ryan uh, <laughs> that's in, right in the beginning yeah the killer is another ryan that's trying to kill ryan yeah because He's trying to stop Ryan from doing something bad. Ryan, no. Ryan, no. And uh, the only way to stop him is to kill himself. Right. With okay. himself. Couple questions. Number one, why does he have to kill him? Why can't you just go, hey, look look at my face. I'm you. Look at how impressive this thing that's happening right now is. Yeah. There's two of you. I bet you're wondering why you are here looking... At yourself. Maybe you might ask how this happened. Well, let me explain, as a scientist, what happened and why, what you have to do to keep this from happening. Um, yeah, and then and then stop it. So that's that's question number one. Why why is the why is the answer killing himself? Um, and then the second question is, what was that all about? <laughs> it never. You would expect it to explain. Why Ryan had to be sent back to stop him? You mean you wanted you wanted closure on that anecdote? Yeah, 
Instead of nothing? And I realized, as I was writing the the outline for this episode, like, that's the second day when that happens. Right. And we never get back to the second day. We're reliving the first day from Happy Death Day over and over and over oh, again. And weird. then they solve the, the time loop during the first day, and then it's over. And then they're on the second day. Yeah, so it feels like a real lost opportunity and a loose end to not, like, second act could have been, we solved it. We solved the time loop, and then you get to the second day, and something bad still happens. And so you have to figure out how to stop the second day from happening. So you got to send uh, Ryan to this, you know, another dimension to it's, stop it. It's really... To explain it. And they never do that. It's really interesting how your mind works because you really latch on to everything that happens. Like you're sharp, you're following everything with a very sharp, uh, critical mind. And for me, like when, oh man, there's just a part of my brain that shuts off when they when they get, you know, when I when I detect Back to the Future esque shit, I just go. I'm on for the ride. Here we go. I don't care. Whatever. Like, it's just, there's, there's just nothing, there, none, no part of this is going to make sense. So, <laughs> so it's almost like listening to, uh, you know, it's, it's like my wife's voice just morphs into the background noise after a while. And I just hear, ee, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's an element I, I understand, like, and I don't want to be that guy that's like, I just don't. Well, actually, if he was in a different time loop, this would happen. Like, what what happened with this thing? It's, he strikes, he strikes uh, Scratchy's seventh rib two times and produces two totally different tones each consecutive time. How do you explain that? <laughs> so I don't I don't want to be that guy. But in terms of watching a movie i'm thinking about the the plot and what's set up in the beginning and whether there's payoff for it right and i i'm just saying there's not so i mean there's there's the concept of if in the first act above the mantle you have a gun hanging on the mantle in the scene by the by the second act that gun should be shot i'm just if don't put something in the movie if there's no reason Right. To serve the story. Right. I'm just saying it's impressive to me that you're able to do it. Because even when I try to do it, I don't do it that well. <laughs> like, I mean, for me, it's like I, I see things and I predict. What is the screenwriter going to do with this material? Because you can make just a cookie cutter movie like The Prodigy. And you can you can just set up like expectations and execute on them just like millions of other stories and the delight i get is if there's payoff but not in the way that i expected right like that's a great movie do, do you suppose do you suppose there's a person in the writer's room like you who's like i mean obviously not in this writer's room who's like hey guys um you know he's kind of like he's kind of like the engineer who gets put with the sales guy to keep the sales guy from making promises that uh-huh. his his ass can't check writing checks his ass can't cash. And uh, do you suppose there's that guy in some movies like that, that are well crafted and there that that guy is just bad or or not not as good in movies that that don't don't pull it off as well? 
I think a, I think a lot of people are on movies that are do, not only just the writers' room with the director, the actors. They'll they'll read the script. That's why like the writer himself is usually not the is like the least important person in Hollywood because their script gets rewritten over and over again right. during shooting. And then even <sighs> in editing, like if they screen a movie and it comes back, you know, just some schmuck from the audience is like. I didn't like that they did this. It was too scary. They, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like it. And then they'll be like, "Oh, the audience doesn't like this part. Let's just cut it out." And then they cut out like an essential piece of the plot, like what happened with Freddie Got Fingered, where they, <laughs> where now it doesn't make any sense at all because they cut out the gay uncle. Right. <laughs> so now the whole movie is disjointed and you can't barely tell what's happening. And it would have been a masterpiece with that in it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I think there's a lot happened with this movie, you know, after it was shot. I think there's lots of stuff moved around and stuff cut in and cut out. And, and uh, who knows? But uh, th- that one was like, wow, this seems like a really big deal since you show it in the trailer and you set it up in the the very first thing that there's these two Ryans and one of them's trying to kill the other. Like, well, how did that happen? What what caused that to happen? Well, you're never told. Yeah. So the last one is that <laughs> when they're wrapping up the killer part of it in the new dimension, it's like the new killer, the killer is actually this professor doctor that's trying to hide this affair that he's having. And so he uses the same technique that the killer in the original movie had was to frame it with this serial killer, but it was actually him. And so they're all like standing in a group, like in a, like a, I think it was like kind of a Mexican standoff kind of thing. And like, we've solved it. And then all of a sudden, his wife comes in and shoots someone. And is like, ha ha. Gotcha. The, the wife's in on it, too. And then the doctor kills the wife. And it's, uh, it makes no sense. It was so tertiary. Because it was, the professor was killing his student that he was having an affair with to keep it from his wife. But his wife knows, and her way of solving it is to kill the girl so that they can stay together. Bryce, why don't you just go take a shit? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) oh, God, (laughs) that was mean. Yeah, like it, no, it that makes aspect, no sense. It, it was it was that was such a throwaway part of the movie. Yeah, and it and it was there was no lead up, there was no payout, and it didn't matter at all. Like it was just like whatever, right? There yeah. it is. Yeah, because they they cut out that as a an essential part of the plot. It was just you're in a different dimension now. Just different people are being killed. Roll with it. Yeah. All right, so uh, final recommendations for Happy Death Day to you. I think a lot of people would like this. But I agree. Especially if you like the first one, you'll still like this one. Um, it's not, I mean, it's not as good. It's not as tight, but it's still got a lot of the elements that um, made the first one enjoyable. Um, it's very light on horror, so if you're going in for a slasher, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, it's this is not very high and tight. This is 
probably something. This is low and loose. Low and loose. This mm-hmm. is um, something that everyone can have a f- fun time with. If if you're scared of horror movies and don't like scares, this is fabulous. This is basically a date movie or a fun popcorn movie that you can you know you can look at a beautiful girl and a couple of beautiful guys and be happy happy that you spent some money and went out and had a good time. Mm-hmm. But really, if I were to give a recommendation, if you haven't seen the first one, just watch that one. Like, oh, there you it's go. it's a it's a dollar on YouTube to rent. Yeah. It's a really enjoyable movie. And after you watch it, you'll probably want to see this one too. I got to watch that then. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think I had spoiled the original one from a YouTube clip. Like I had I had watched the ending of it just to inform for this episode that I knew was coming up. So I already knew who like the killer was and what was going to happen, but it was still really enjoyable to watch. Well, don't spoil it for me. All right. Um, well, it spoiled it in this movie. I, I guess you weren't paying attention. I no, I I I, I understand who it was, but I don't want to understand how it happened or okay. how it came to be. Okay, time for okay. Let's do. Uh, should we do horror movie news first or the game? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, let's do horror movie news first. Okay. Oh God. Just at horror the, movie news. Horror movie news. <laughs> this just <laughs> This just in. Nothing coming out. <laughs> um. I'm not sure if you noticed, because I think we we were talking when this trailer came out, but a new trailer for a movie called Ma was at at the beginning of Happy Death Day to You. Uh, No, I did not. I did not. Um, It looks bad. Okay. Let's move on. All right. Um, It Part 2 got a test screening and is reportedly three, almost three hours long. <laughs> oh, my God. So an, an anonymous viewer tweeted, so at viewer Anon tweeted, It Chapter 2 is almost three hours long, pretty good, but still needs work. The first is better. And that's all I'm saying, lest WB sue me into an early grave. So looks like they, I mean, it's it was an early cut, so I'm sure there's lots of stuff. You know, it's going to be tightened up. Um, I know that Bill Hader <laughs> was on a, a talk show talking about how the director kept saying, like, you got you got to look scared, Bill. And he's just he just does not have a good scared face <laughs> or terrified face. And he's like, oh, I thought I was. <laughs> so there might there might be some like some elements of just something I'll, I'll be curious to see how bill hater i would think that movie. bill hater would be very good at looking scared i can i mean the problem is he looks so hammy all the time yeah well he's probably trying to act realistic and so realistic bill hater is a lot different than like bill hater trying to do a hammy impression right well maybe i, I then again i can't really think of bill hater as anything but hammy I I have he, you watched barry no no oh man you gotta watch barry Listeners, you should watch Barry, too. B-A-R-R-Y? Yeah, it's on HBO. It's uh, his project. He plays a retired assassin or a retired, uh, like, sniper from the military that... Bill Hader does. Yeah, Bill Hader. And he's, like, uh, an assassin for hire, but he... Bill Hader is? uh Uh-huh. Okay. But he discovers a true love of 
of uh, learning how to be an actor, and he's truly awful at it. <laughs> and it has Bill Hader, and it has um, the Fonz. What's his name? Oh, uh, Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler in it, and it is a fantastic show. Okay. Anyways, but in that, like he's he's much more of a serious actor in it, and it's. Yeah, it's good stuff. So it needs to be cut down. It needs to be from three to down. at least two and a half hours. Hey, man, there's a lot of stuff in there, and if they're going into like the the lore of yeah, you've of read that the book world. Um, they're going to need a lot of time to explain that. I haven't read the the whole book. I I haven't even read like half of the book. Oh, I started reading it and then I stopped. Okay, but I do know just from reading information about it that it goes into like some weird mythological yeah like stuff um anyways next is production is underway on shutter's creep show Ooh, baby is this like is this a have to do with the George A. Romero, Stephen King creep show? Yes. Oh. So it's a six episode season that will uh feature an adaptation of a Stephen King story, as well as segments based on stories by other award-winning and acclaimed horror writers, including these are these are a couple of the the names of uh, so so I should uh, mention to the audience, Creepshow is is kind of a smorgasbord of short stories, short horror stories that follow um, the the format of creepy, eerie. Uh, comic books, so they're they're kind of they're what what, what kind of tales would you would you call them? They're like um, uh, uh, they're, they're they have a a point. I mean, it's kind of like a horror version of Twilight Zone or or a, yes, something like that. I mean, it's on Shutter. You can you can check it out. We we did a review. It's on, on right now. I thought it was, wasn't it? Oh, it says production. Oh, oh, the no, first the original one. movie. I'm talking oh, about. I don't. I don't believe the first one is actually on Shutter right now. I think the second one is, okay. which is decent, but not as good as the first. Well, anyways, we reviewed it a couple episodes ago, so you can you can listen to that review. But I really mean, great movie. It's a really good format to to have you know uh, as an, a show anthology around. Yeah. But here are some of the titles that'll be on the show. By the sil- Silvery Waters of Lank Champlain, House of the Head, The Companion, The Man in the Suitcase, All Hallows' Eve, Night of the Paw, and Bad Wolf Down. So a lot of a, um, writers that um, have been on The Walking Dead or a uh, writer of Bird, Bird, Bo- ha- Bird Box. Bird House. Bird House. So that, look out for that on Shudder. That might be interesting um that's uh where this drop comes from oh you done it now jordy barrel you monkhead we can we can only hope that stephen king is an actor in one of these yeah make some cameos oh my gosh that'd be so great uh, another news item are you afraid of the dark is not only coming back as a movie, but Nickelodeon is bringing it back as a TV show. That'll be neat. Yeah. I assume. Does anybody still have cable? <laughs> like, <laughs> Who knows? Like, I know you can pay 40 bucks a month to YouTube and get, like, every channel ever. And who wouldn't do that? Like, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, there you go. If you still watch Nickelodeon, you're like, hey, 
Where are all the movies that? Where are all the shows that I used to watch? Well, good news, yeah, it's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just found out about this. David Fincher and Tim Miller are releasing an animated anthology series on Netflix called Love Death Robots. Who's David Fincher? Why is that name so familiar? He's like one of the most famous directors in the world. Yeah, but like... You know, Seven and uh, The Social Network and Fight Club. Oh, Jesus Christ. I love (laughs) David Fincher. Tim Miller is... You named like maybe like definitely three movies in my top ten. Yeah, David Fincher's fucking fantastic. Oh, okay. Um, And then Tim Miller... Professionals here, folks. Professionals. Yeah. Tim Miller, I think he was the writer on some of these uh, great movies. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah do, you don't know who Tim Miller is? You yeah, f- don't want you to tell me who Tim Miller is, You Dave. fucking constipated idiot. <laughs> Tim Miller. Oh, he was the director of Deadpool. Oh, well, he's got, he's got some great, um, at least one great title behind him. Yeah, so he did Deadpool and Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Uh, yeah, so he didn't like Scott Pilgrim. No, no, I didn't. Sounds like this guy uh, kind of does comic book movies. You just named two yeah. comic book movies. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Scott Scott Pilgrim was one of those ones that was so hyped by every trendy skinny jeans wearing shithead that <laughs> I finally watched it and was like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what you would recommend to me. All of you <laughs> people who like this. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much exactly what I expected from the trailers and stuff. Yeah, me too, which is not fun really it's just it's 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 like the visual equivalent of a musical it's just bull anyways love death robots um is an animated anthology series it looks a lot like animatrix it has an animatrix vibe to it this is what which is kind of like aeon flux ish yeah 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 Yeah, so it has a lot of the anime and a lot of like just different animation styles. It looked like there was live action stuff in it too, but it might have just been CGI. Um, you know, since the late '90s, since Aeon Flux and like the Max and you know the mid 2000s, like the Animatrix kind of stuff, there hasn't really been anything to scratch that itch. Uh, that's a very specific niche, and it's it's a cool visual style and storytelling style. It's I like it. Yeah, I mean, anime is a way more available now than it was in the 90s, and I think a yeah. lot of that was just, like, stealing from anime. Yeah. And I think when it comes down to it, I'm not interested in watching, like, a huge series of anime. I just like them in little shorts. Yeah. Like, little stylized shorts or maybe a movie. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, that'll, that'll scratch that itch. That comes out March 15th, so that's pretty soon. Yeah, I'm kind of... I'm kind of there with you with the whole anime thing. Like, I want to like, like, I, I've tried Full Metal Alchemist to get into that a million times. I've tried a bunch of different ones where, but, but really, like, the, the movies, Akira, Ghost in the Shell, like, these movies that are succinct and don't just stretch on for, for forever are so much more appealing. I just can't get into these long runs of just like, ugh. Yeah. Story that just drags out forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Finally, Jason Blum says that... Sorry, I I called him Jason Blumhouse before. His name is actually Jason. I'm sorry, Jason Blum. Um, Master Black. (laughs) Jason Blum says that his Invisible Man remake will be a lower budget and character driven. Thank God. Yeah. So kind of the story behind this, or even just the... I don't even know if it even really affects it, but did you... Remember how Universal was trying to revamp the Universal Monsters, Monsters yeah. as its own movie universe? universe? Yeah, to to compete with Marvel. Because you got to have a movie universe now. Right. If you don't have a movie universe, you don't deserve to be in movies. You're probably Universal. Your movies are probably a piece of shit unless it has 20 other movies that lead up to it. Yeah, it's a bad idea. It's, it's just such a disjointed like dated idea to, to to I mean not not to have a movie universe but to have a movie universe centered around universal monsters like that could have worked I don't know when that could have worked I don't think I that mean, there, can work There's a little bit of like crossover stuff like monster versus monster stuff that has existed but usually in like B movies or or things like that they didn't they were never quite ambitious but I mean it I mean it just shows me that Marvel and it makes sense why but marvel is like the only one that can really pull it off many many studios have tried to build around a universe and it doesn't work because it's a movie studio that's doing it and they just don't have the commitment or the commitment to the characters or the storylines to to do it the one admirable title that uh, it, that kind of is attempting to do the same thing to a much smaller scale, but successfully, I'd say, is the Conjuring series, um, and that universe that you know, encompasses the Annabelle and uh, the Conjuring and the Nun and Valak and all these, like that. That's a decent, yeah, quote I mean, unquote universe, but it, it's not even comparable, really. Yeah, I mean, see, the difference is that. Those are just more ambitious sequels. Like, let's just spin off as many sequels as we can from these, from different time periods. Well, yes, but if you take a look at The Nun or, well, maybe not Annabelle 2, but Annabelle, like, they're not just sequels. They are, and they're not just spinoffs. They are with it, they are building a universe around this these this couple of, uh, of shysters. I mean, are, <laughs> do they ever... I mean, see, the difference is, like, with the Marvel movies, the point is, is that there's crossovers and each other's movies inform the plot of the next one, as opposed to, you know, a lot of the Conjuring universes, prequels and explaining, going into more depth about what was in the Conjuring movies. Okay. You know? Let's talk about Paranormal Activity. Okay, yeah. So Paranormal Activity was one that that did that, and it was much more about expanding the lore of these sisters, but it was still just one movie series. Yeah. It's not... Right. They're not different characters, or if there were different characters, the way they tied together was still like the sisters. Yeah. It is is impressive how, how much more... Uh, impressive the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah, is. Yeah, and I think the the reason for that is that <clears throat> Marvel, the actual company whose existence is owed to being able to write 
comics that can sell other comics. Like, I remember when I was still buying comics, like, you can't just subscribe to one series right. it's, of it's superheroes. It's like, integral that you also get, the, for this month, you have to be signed up for the Hulk if you're doing the Wolverine, yeah. or if you're doing the Amazing Spider-Man, you have to also be signed up for a spectacular Peter Parker, you know, it's like... Yeah, it's because, like, you subscribe to this They inform this series, each other. like, well, here's a cliffhanger that doesn't get solved unless you buy this comic... Yes. Of a of a lesser known superhero. You know, so I mean they're they're very good at at uh interlocking and, and related storylines and they've got just a catalog of them that they know worked. I mean they've got decades and decades of storylines that they said we've tried lots of different stuff. These are the storylines that sold the most issues. Yeah. And so they can take those and be like Let's make a movie series about this. So they take Civil War. They take, well, what else did they take from Age of Ultron? Age of Ultron. I mean, all this, all this stuff is just ready-made to be put on screen with a little bit of modification. And uh, the other studios that try to do it, like the the Warner Brothers with the DC Universe, they're like, all right, our goal is to have the Justice League be like a movie like the Avengers. All right, so we got Superman and Batman. Let's just make a Justice League movie. Yeah. And then they go. And then it just doesn't work because if one of them, if one of the movies doesn't do well, they pull the other movies that are planned. They're like, eh, I guess people don't like superhero movies anymore. It's interesting because you have... On the DC side, you you really do have some notable standout, like, you know, the the Batman trilogy really far and away exceeds the quality of, oh, and and the, 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 the artistry, the prowess and the artistry of any Marvel movie by far, but everything else is hot shit. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, which would which would you rather? Would you rather have your occasional like uh, a movie that actually makes a person? Well, like yeah, Heath that's, Ledger. Yeah, that's the other thing is that Marvel is true to the characters, and that they understand what works about the characters. And Warner Brothers is like Hit or miss. movie studio logic of yeah, like let's see. Well, that Superman movie didn't work. That means people don't like Superman. What do they like? They like Batman. Let's make Superman exactly like Batman, and then they'll like Superman again. Yeah, with the with the, then then they put all the filters on the yeah. on the Superman movie. I mean, they make they made Superman basically like this morally ambiguous character that was super moody and Batman like. But like Lex Luthor said, they were wrong. <laughs> Was that Kevin Spacey? I, yeah, I like that one. I, Everyone I, hates that one. I really <laughs> like that one. That was the last like Superman movie where Superman was Superman. Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, so I mean, so that's the logic they use of like eh, the audiences don't like this anymore. Let's change it as opposed to understanding fundamentally what the character is and what you can do with that. I mean, when the first we're talking about this way too much, but when the first Captain America movie came out, the takeaway for me was they figured out how to do Superman. Yeah. It's a totally clean-cut, all-American, goody-two-shoes, and they made it 
an interesting and fun movie. Yeah, that's always been Captain America. Is has been Superman. Basically, yeah. he is Superman, yeah. and he's the leader. He's the good guy. He's the guy who is so good that he is known for. He is just good. So like, yeah, and it works in the Marvel movies because Marvel understands the character right and how to use him. And Superman just hasn't worked for. Warner Brothers because they just keep trying to be like this is the most because, boring milk toast character. Because, Everyone hates Superman. Well, because it's a Warner Brothers jam, it's not a DC jam. Really, when yeah. it comes down to it, exactly. Warner Brothers pulls triggers and makes decisions, and DC is in the background with the IP, and they give it to um, Zack Snyder, which has not an original creative bone in his body that just tries to use. Make carbon the copies. Carbon copies of the comic books that he's making. But he's good at that. Like, he is good at that. Yeah. Like, Watchmen, it, you you should not take a bunch of... Yeah, but they put them on new movies. Like, right. the Justice League movie wasn't based on any storyline or any graphic novel that Zack Snyder could be like, all right, well, here's my storyboards. Yeah, you should not you should not fuck around with Watchmen. But yeah. you should definitely fuck around with new, interesting ideas. Yeah. So, anyways... <laughs> Getting back to that. So Universal is trying to create their own uh, Universal Movies universe. And remember The Mummy? Yeah. Well, that was it. That, oh, was, you that was their universe. The one with, uh, with Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that, was, that was about as, as the, much commitment as they had to it. The start and end of the universe. Yeah. So it's a self-contained universe. They did The Mummy, and I think they were going to use that awful, awful Frankenstein movie with um what's his guy the guy that played two-face this guy was mormon by the way he looks mormon he went on a mission he's handsome aaron eckhart so there was that horrible like origin story of frankenstein with aaron eckhart that was supposed to tie it in to it and they just realized this is hot trash let's never do this again but well, at least good, so now kudos to them for realizing it so now jason blum is doing an invisible man movie and just you know making it simple and character driven keep it simple make it sizzle and you know what it seems like jason blum knows what he's doing yeah it does there's a reason he he, he is competing with a24 for producing high quality low budget great horror yeah uh, okay, so that's horror movie news. Oh, fuck. Let's do Kill Count. Now I am to come death, the destroyer of worlds. Is that angry? Uh, That's angry, the uh, angry king badger? of all badgers. King of yeah. all badgers. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Thanks again for making that for us, Almighty Almighty Badger. Uh, Kill Count is a game where I list a couple movies, and David has to tell us which one has the higher death count in it. You guys should play along at home. Try and do better than me. I doubt you'll do it because no one's quite as good at me at this game. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. So, this round is sci-fi movies versus horror movies. Okay. I think I got some, some difficult ones on here. And some of these aren't super close. How many are we doing? We are doing five. Okay. Number one. Give it to me. 
Transformers the movie from 1986, <laughs> the animated movie. Oh my god. Which I think I have a VHS on the shelves right next to me. Yep. It's right there. I believe you. The gold series. Um, versus 1999's Sleepy Hollow by Tim Burton. Mm. Starring Johnny Depp. I can't imagine that Sleepy Hollow... This is a weird pairing because... It's been so long since I've seen Transformers. Like, decades. (laughs) Like, probably three decades. Um, I can't imagine there's a higher body count in Sleepy Hollow than in Transformers. I mean, remember, Transformers is is a a child's movie. It is a kid's movie. But, and then you got to figure how, like, how would you know if any of those little cartoon characters in any of those explosions died? And maybe it's just like one or two, because maybe all all they're counting are the actual Transformers. Like, there is no collateral death. So. I think they are just counting the Transformers. I don't remember there being any human deaths. With that in mind. Sleepy Hollow, mind you. Features a headless horseman that decapitates people. Yeah, with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and say Transformers. <sighs> I'm sorry for myself, because you won. Yeah. Transformers, the movie, has 47 deaths. Wow. Sleepy Hollow has 25. Jeez. Transformers, the movie, was dark. Was it? <laughs> for a little kid. You know, you know how Optimus Prime is the ultimate leader and emblem of Transformers yeah. and is everyone's favorite Transformer. Yeah, he's a semi-truck, of course. Yeah, opening scene, they kill off Optimus Prime Damn. in like just a just a brutal fight between him and and uh oh shit, Megatron. Megatron. Wow. Yeah. Um just they show <laughs> I think they show Optimus Prime with all the color Leaving his body, the blue, the iconic blue and red, turning to gray, and I think he might turn to dust. God damn. Yeah, it's, it's such a great movie. I really love Transformers, the movie. It's got a great soundtrack by, uh, oh, I can't remember now, but it's got The Touch, which is also featured in Boogie Nights. It's the movie, it's the, the song that uh, Mark Wahlberg and uh, uh, Philip, no, no, Philip. Seymour Hoffman. Um, the other guy, John C. Riley, has Mark Wahlberg and John C. Riley singing the song from Transformers, the movie soundtrack. Wow, I can't believe those two movies share a piece of music. You comment. got the touch! Oh my God. You got the power! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's actually in... In the film or in, like, the deleted scenes for Boogie Nights? I'm pretty sure it's in, in the film, but, like, they actually show a lot more. It would more make sense if scene. it was in the in the film. <clears throat> Boogie Nights has a great soundtrack. Yeah. Um, but it, in Boogie Nights, it's Mark Wahlberg's trying to sing it, and it's just hilariously bad. Oh, okay. Because he's a porn actor trying okay. to make it in the recording biz. got to go back and watch that He's movie. super coked up. Should do a horror movie talk on Boogie Nights. Okay. We could, we could make a case for that. If yeah. Happy Death Day to You is a horror movie, I mean, Boogie Nights, you could yeah. swing it. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, okay, you got one. Number two. One that's near and dear to my heart. 
Because of poop. Because of poop. The Running Man, 1987, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, versus The Mist, 2007 horror movie. A great horror movie. If you haven't seen The Mist, you should. Because while the effects are a little dated looking, even even upon its release, it's a great fun time that is good and fun. Big words. Uh, I'm going to ha- go ahead and say that anything with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it is going to have more deaths than something that doesn't. So I'm going to go with The Running Man. Wrong. Oh, man. The Running Man has 41 deaths and The Mist has 46. Oh, okay. The the Mist has 46 deaths? That's what it says right here on my paper. (laughs) Okay. Okay. This is 2007. I don't know if that was a remake or not. 2007. No, yeah, no. It wasn't a remake. You're thinking of The Fog. Okay. The Fog has had remakes. The Mist is an original thing. Yeah, I think I wanted to watch The Mist, but we rented The Fog. And I was like, that's a bad time. Yeah. It was not as good. Um, All right. Number three. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, 1985, Mm. versus The Fly 2. Oh, boy. The Fly 2. I can't say that I've seen The Fly 2. I haven't either. Uh, well, based on the fact that Mad Max is Mad Max and The Fly 2 is just about a guy who's a fly, I'm going to go ahead and say Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. You are correct. Ye- Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome has 12 deaths and The Fly Part 2 has 8. Okay. It's only off by 4. Yeah. Next. Number 4, The Matrix 1999 versus... Recently reviewed on Horror Movie Talk, Creepshow. Okay. The original Matrix versus Creepshow. Right. I'm trying to think about Creepshow. So the first one had like, the first uh, story in Creepshow had like three or four deaths max. The second was just... Jordy Ver, Ver, Verrill, Virgil. Mm-hmm. He, he was a lunkhead. And, um... Oh, you done it now, Jordy Verrill! You lunkhead! And most of them... Most of them were just, like, the last one with the cockroaches, that was just one. The uh, Tide-themed one, the laundry detergent-themed one, was just, like, one or two deaths. So, not very many. Um, the Matrix, on the other hand, I mean, he's killing computer programs. He never. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Creepshow, but I'm gonna say they're really close. You are wrong. Dang. Creepshow has 15 deaths, and the Matrix has 39. Wow. What? I just don't remember any of that stuff. I don't remember any of that stuff. Yeah, I think there was a lot of collateral damage in The Matrix. I mean, that opening scene with, like, all the SWAT team and stuff, I think there were some people that got taken out from that. I tried to show my dad that movie, and my dad is, like, he sits down and watch westerns every (laughs) damn day. So, not, like, 
real heavy on the on the plot or anything like that. It's uh-huh. all like it's time for a shootout. You know, let's. I just like John Wayne throwing people into the river. Yeah, it, it's not even like movies. It's just like shows. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, so I tried to show him the Matrix, and he, like, his eyes were so big, and right about like when when they're like waking him up out of a bath. You know, out of that, like, this is your real life. It's you're just a battery for a fuck. He was like, what the fuck? Like, he was like, no, 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 no. I got to get out. This is fucking with my head. Like, I got to get out of here. Like, he just doped out and he never watched it again. (laughs) I remember so clearly seeing The Matrix in the theater. Mm -hmm. And Keanu Reeves previous movie was Johnny Mnemonic. Right. Oh, and it was such, I mean, he had such a, a, um, reputation for just bad Uh schlocky sci-fi by that point Uh that I was very, very much expecting Johnny mnemonic. Yeah. Very braced for impact sci-fi. And I don't even think I even really wanted to watch it, but it was the only thing out. I think it was like probably opening weekend and no one was in the theater, and I was there with my dad, and it blew my mind. Yeah, that scene with the where he comes out, and I was immediately understood. I was like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> oh like, shit!" Yeah, I, you know, our mutual friend Justin, who has another podcast called uh, "How BJJ Works." I think this is his favorite movie. He talks about it a lot. And I mean, and I don't begrudge anyone who loves The Matrix. I love The Matrix. It's just a fabulous movie. Right. Anyways, yeah, that was over double the death count in The Matrix yeah. versus Creepshow. I was really wrong. Okay, so you got you got two right, two wrong. Yep. Here's the tiebreaker. Tie Number breaker. five. Uh, who directed this? Michael Bay's The Island, 2005, starring uh, Ewan McGregor and uh, Scarlett Johansson, versus My Bloody Valentine 3D, that came out in 2009. (laughs) I haven't seen either of these movies. I keep... The Island is one of those ones that I've... I have been like, I should watch that. Yeah. That, I, no, you shouldn't. Oh, really? First of, first of all, no, you shouldn't. Um, the The Island is a dystopian future right. sci-fi movie. Yeah. Um, it's basically like The Giver. If you ever read The Giver, it's like all the emotions and sexual drive and stuff is taken out of people. Um, oh. Well, and then, the, or Logan's Run. It's got a lot like Logan's Run. But it's made by Michael Bay. So yeah. lots of product placement, lots of explosions. Uh, not very good. Oh, weird. But yeah. Okay. So going on, going flying blind, you have to determine whether the island, a action sci-fi by Michael Bay, yeah, has yeah. more deaths than My Bloody Valentine 3D. Yeah, you're really which is a actual horror movie. You're really touting the Michael Bay part of this in an attempt <laughs> to get me to think of explosions. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And explosions can take out a lot of people. Right. Uh, so so now the question is, is that bait for me to say my bloody Valentine? Because you're so obviously pandering to my natural inclinations to say Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. So right, right. I'm going to go ahead and say your attempts 
have been fairly forward this this game to get me to choose the uh, the, the other one. I'm going I'm going to say this isn't a double blind or this isn't a double psych. This is just a regular psych. So I'm going to go with my bloody Valentine 3D. <sighs> All right, you got me. Okay, good. My bloody Valentine has twenty four deaths, and the island has twelve. Cool. I I ended up with a positive ratio. I hope that our audience can yeah. say the same. <laughs> Tell us how you did. Um, I don't think anyone's ever has ever told us. <laughs> uh, my my buddy Brad did one time. He like he messaged me out of the blue with just a number. It was like <laughs> it was like four. I was like. What would you say you're talking about, Brad? And he's like, I got a four on the thing, on the game we played. I was like, oh, okay, good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Shout out to Biggin. So thanks for listening. Please, again, share the podcast with a friend. Leave a review on iTunes if you can. That would really help us out. Um, If you are interested in watching a bunch of great curated horror movies online, for a low, low price, subscribe to Shudder.com and use the code HMT at checkout to get 30 days for free. Um, if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, which, I mean, who's not going to, go to our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com, click through uh, the link at the top of the, the page. The top of the page. It's green. And, and uh, buy your stuff on Amazon that way. Uh, special thanks again to the king of all badgers for helping us out with some... Uh, Drops. Audio drops. Some audio cues. Hey, I got a question for you. What are we reviewing next week so our fans can get a a jump start on it? Do we know? I don't know. Is it the killing of a sacred deer? I don't know. I think the basket case was playing at Kiggins on Friday. Oh, yeah. We're thinking about that. I don't know if we still want to do that or not. It may be Basket Case. It may be The Killing of a Sacred Deer. I mean, Basket Case isn't time-sensitive. Right. Oh, yeah. So we could we could watch it at Kiggins and then do it the week after. Oh. Okay. Well, lots to think about. Potentially watch... Definitely watch The Killing of a Sacred Deer, because at some point we will release that episode. Yeah. So, thanks for listening to this episode of Horror Movie Talk. Go check out Happy Death Day, definitely, if you haven't watched it. on It's available on YouTube for rent. And um, if you've seen, the movie, seen that movie already, go check out a Happy Death Day to you. It's a fun time. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.